Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Leo, Chapter 10. Fred looked as if he'd swallowed a chicken whole. He flushed, trying to forget that Leo had loaned him the money to save his ranch, thinking only of his daughter's welfare. Now look here, Leo, he began. Leo joked, I was teasing. She's perfectly safe with me, Fred. He replied, caught Janie's hand, and tugged her to her feet. We have to go see the magistrate about warrants, he said sobering. I want him to see these bruises on her face, he added coolly. I don't think we'll have any problem with assault charges. Janie moved closer to Leo. He made her feel safe, protected, bent toward her, his whole expression one of utter tenderness. Belatedly, Fred began to understand what he was seeing. Leo's face to him was an open book. He was shocked. At the same time, he realized that Janie didn't understand what was going on. Probably she thought he was being brotherly. Don't you want breakfast first? Fred offered, trying to get his bearings again. For the first time, Leo seemed to notice the table. His hand, holding Janie's, contracted involuntarily. Bacon, scrambled eggs, and biscuits. Biscuits! He scrapped, letting go of Janie's fingers, approached the bread basket, reached down, expecting a concrete-like substance, remembering that he and Ray had secretly sailed some of Janie's earlier efforts at biscuit-making over the target range for extra for each other and used them for skeet targets but these weren't hard they were flaky delicate he opened one it was soft inside it smelled delicious he was barely aware of sitting down dragging judy's plate under his hands he buttered a biscuit and put strawberry jam on it he bit into it and sighed with pure ecstasy <laughs> i forgot about the biscuits Janie told her father worryingly fred glanced at their guesting grimace maybe we should have saved it for a surprise leo was sighing his eyes closed as he chewed we'll never get to the magistrate now jamie thought Janie thought aloud he'll run out of biscuits in about ten minutes at it that rate fred said with, said with a grin i'll get i'll get another plate we can split the eggs and bacon Janie told her father inwardly beaming with pride at leo's obvious enjoyment of her efforts now finally the difficulty of learning to cook seemed worth every minute leo went right on chewing oblivious to movement around him the last biscuit was gone with a wistful sigh when he became aware of his two companions again who made the biscuits? Leo asked Janie. She grimaced. I did. But you can't cook, honey. He said gently, trying to soften the accusation. Marlene said you didn't like me because I couldn't make biscuits or cook anything edible. She confessed without looking at it. So I learned how. <laughs> he caught her fingers tight. She lied. <laughs> but those were wonderful biscuits, he said, flaking soft inside, delectably brown. Absolutely. Delicious, she sighed so shyly. I can make them any time you like. He was looking at her with pure possession. Every morning, he goes, I'll stop by for coffee. If Fred doesn't mind, he added belatedly. Fred chuckled. Fred doesn't mind. He murmured dryly. Leo's growled. You look like a cat with a mouse. Fred shrugged. Just a stray thought. Nothing to worry about. Leo held the older man's reluctant gaze and understood the odd statement. He nodded slowly. He smiled sheepishly as he realized that Fred wasn't blind at all. Fred got up. Well, I've got cattle to move. How's your bull, by the way? He added abruptly, worried. Colic, Leo said with a cool smile. Easily treated and nothing to get upset over. I'm, I'm glad. I had visions of you losing yours to Clark as well. He isn't from the same herd as yours was, Fred, Leo told him. But even so, I think we'll manage to keep Clark pinned up for a while, which reminds me. He added, glancing at Janie. We better get going. 
Okay, I'll just get the breakfast things cleared away first. Leo sat and watched the work with a smitten expression on his face. Fred didn't linger. He knew a hooked fish when he saw one. They swore out warrants and presented them to the sheriff. Clark had already been transferred to the county lockup after a trip to the hospital emergency room the night before. And Leo and Janie stopped in to see Grier at the police station. Grier just finished talking to the mayor, a pleasant older man named Tilt. Tarleton Connor, newly elected to his position, Connor and Grier had a mutual cousin. As did Grier and Chet Blake, the police chief, Chet was out of town on police business, so Grier was nominally in charge of things. Have a seat, Grier invented, invited his eyes narrow and angry on Janie's bruised face. If it's any consolation, Miss Brewster. Clark's got bruised ribs and a black eye. She smiled. It was uncomfortable because it irritated the Bruce. Thanks, Mr. Grier, she said with a genuine appreciation. That goes double for me, Leo told him. He put Harley and me over a table so fast. It's embarrassing to admit it. Why? Grier asked, sitting down behind his desk. The man was a martial artist, he elaborated. He had a studio up in Victoria for a while until the attorney authorities realized he was teaching killing tactics to ex-cons. Leo's jaw fell. Crasher. He was the equivalent of a black belt, too. Harley's not bad, but he needs a lot more training from Ebb Scott before he can take on Clark. Purser's lips and his eyes twinkled and he studied Leo's expression. Feel better now? Leo chuckled. Yes, thanks. Crier glanced at Janie's curious expression. Men don't like to be overpowered by other men. It's a guy thing. He explained. Anybody ever overpower you? Leo asked curiously. Joe Dunn almost did once, but then I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> you know a lot, Janie said. I never saw anybody move that fast. I was taught by a guy up in Tarrant County. Grier told her with a smile. He's on television every week. Plays a Texas Ranger. And he gasped. Nice guy, Grier added. And a hell of a martial martial artist. Leo's watching him with a wicked twinkle in his own eyes. I did think the spinning hill kick looked familiar. Christ smiled, said up about Clark, he added. His brother came to see me at the county lockup this morning and got the bad news. With only one charge so far, Harley's Harley's, he's only got a misdemeanor. We took out warrant for aggravated assault and battery. Janie had a knife at her throat just before you walked in. So I was told. Grier's dark eyes narrowed on Janie's throat. The nick was red and noticeable this morning. An inch deeper, and we'd be visiting you at the funeral home this morning. I know, Janie replied. You keep your head, he said with a smile. It probably saved your life. You kept your head, he said with a smile. It probably saved your life. Can you keep Clark in Can you keep Clark in jail? She asked Burnley. I'll ask Judge Barnett to set bail as high as he can. But Clark's brother isn't going to settle for a public defender. He said he'd get Jack the best attorney he could find, and he'll pay for it. He shrugged. God knows what he'll pay for it with, he had a coldly. John Clark owes everybody up to, including his boss. So does our local Clark brother. He may have a public defender. We'll see. But meantime, he's out of everybody's way, and he'll stay put. What about his brother? Leo wanted to know. Is Janie in any danger? Grier shook his head. John Clark went back to Victoria after he saw his brother. I had him followed by one of my off-duty guys.
just to make sure he really left. But I'd keep my eyes open if I were you, just the same. These boys are bad news. We'll do that, Leo said. He drove Janie back to his own ranch and took her around with him while he checked on the various projects he initiated. He pulled up the barn up to at the barn and told her to stay in the truck. She was curious until she remembered that he'd fired the man who'd interrupted them the night before. She was glad about the interruption in retrospect but uneasy about the gossip the man had started about her and Leo. He was back in less than five minutes, his face hard, his eyes blazing, got in the truck and glanced at her, forcefully wiping the anger out of his expression. He's gone, he told her gently. Quit without his check. He added with a rueful smile. I guess Charles told him what it said. He shrugged. He wasn't much of a cowboy at that if he couldn't tell colleague from Blout. She reached out and put her nervous fingers over his big hand on the steering wheel. He flinched and stripped her hand back. No. He caught her fingers in his and held them tight. I'm sorry, he said at once, crying. You've never touched me voluntarily before. This surprised me. I like it, he added, smiling. She flushed and nervous. Flushed and nervous. Oh, okay. She smiled shyly. Searched her eyes with his for so long that her heart began to race. His face on This won't do. He said in a husky, deep tone. He started the truck with a violent motion and drove back the way they'd come. Turned onto a rutted path that led into the woods and far beyond to a pasture. But he stopped the truck halfway to the pasture, threw it out of gear, and cut off the engine. He had Janie out of her seatbelt into his big arms in seconds, and his hungry mouth was on her lips before she could react. She didn't have any instincts for self-preservations left. She melted into his aroused body, not even protesting the intimate way he was pressing her hips against his. Her arms curled around his neck, and she kissed him back with enthusiasm. She felt his hand... Hands going under her blouse against her breasts. That felt wonderful. It was perfectly all right because she belonged to him. He lifted his mouth from her, breathing hard, and watched her eyes while his hands caressed her. She winced and he called her, I'm sorry. He said it once smoother than a bruise. He'd forgotten. I didn't mean to hurt you, he whispered. She reached up to kiss his eyelids shut, feeling the shock that ran through him at the soft caresses. His hands moved to her waist and rested there while he held his breath, waiting. She felt the hunger in him like a living thing. Delighted by his unexpected submission to her mouth, she kissed his face softly, tenderly, drawing her lips over his thick eyebrows, his eyelids, his cheeks, and nose, and then his chin, then moved to his strong throat and lingered in the pulsating hollow. One lean hand went between them, the buttons of his cotton shirt. He unfastened them quickly, jerking the fabric out of her way, inviting her mouth inside. Her hands spread on the thick mat of hair that covered the warm, strong muscles of his chest. Her mouth touched it lightly, then not lightly. She moved to where his heart beat roughly, then over the flat male nipple that was a counterpart to her own. But the reaction she got when she put her mouth over it was shocking. He groaned so harshly that she was sure she heard him. She drew back, surprising a look of anguish on his lean face. Leo, she was wrong. It rouses me. He frowned out, then he shivered. She didn't know what to do next. He looked as if he ached to have her repeat the caress, but his body was as all taunt as a rope against her. You have to tell me what to do, she faltered. I don't want to make it worse. Whatever I do is going to shock you. Speechless, he choked out. 
Well, what the hell? He dragged her face tapped back to his nipple and pressed it there hard. You know what I want? <laughs> she did, at some level. Her mouth eased down against him with a soft, gentle suction that lifted him back against the seat with a harsh little cry of pleasure. His hands at the back of her head were rough and insist insistent. She gave in and did what he was silently asking her for. She felt him shudder and gasped body vibrating as if it was overwhelmed by pleasure. He bit off a harsh word and trembled violently for a few seconds before he turned her mouth away from him, pressed her umbrella's cheek against his chest, his hands in her hair trembling as they caressed her scalp. His heartbeat was raging under her mouth. He fought to breathe normally. Well, he whispered unsteadily, her fingers tangled on his thick hair under them. Did you really like it? She was back. He actually laughed. A little on said he, Didn't you feel what was happening to me? You were shaking. Yes, I was. Wasn't I? Just the way you were shaking last night when I touched you. Her cheek slid back onto his shoulder so that she could look up into his soft eyes. I didn't know a man would be sensitive there. Like a woman is. He bent and drew his lips over her eyelids. I'm sensitive, all right. His lips moved over her mouth. Press there, I'm like, it is enough, Janie. I've got to have you all the way. Right now, she stammered. He lifted his head and looked down ahead of her in his arms. He was solemn, unsmiling as he met her wide eyes. His body was still vibrating with unsatisfied desire. Deliberately, drew her hips closer against his and let her feel him there. She didn't protest. If anything, her body melted even closer. One lean hand went to her belly and rested there between them. Boy, searched her eyes. I want to make you pregnant, he said in a rough whisper. Her lips fell open. She stared at him, not knowing what to say. He looked worried. I've never wanted that with a woman, he continued, as if he was discussing the weather. His fingers moved lightly on her body. Not with anyone. He was saying something profound. She hadn't believed it at first, but the expression on his face was hard to explain away. My father would shoot you, she managed to say weakly. My brothers would shoot me too, he agreed, nodding. She was frowning. She didn't understand. He bent kissed her with an odd tenderness. He laughed himself. Just my luck. He breathed against her lips to get mixed up with a virgin who can cook. <laughs> we aren't mixed up, she began. His hand contracted against the base of her spine, grinding her into him. And one eyebrow went up over a worldly smile as she blushed. She cleared her. We aren't very mixed up, she corrected. He nibbled at her up a little. I'll look at you and get turned on so hard. I can hardly walk around without bending over double. <laughs> I touch you and I hurt all over. <laughs> I dream of you every single night of my life and wake up vibrating. <laughs> he lifted his head and looked down into her misty eyes. He wasn't smiling. He wasn't kidding. Never like this, Janie. Either we have each other, we stop it right now. <laughs> her fingers touched his face lovely. You can do whatever you like to me, she whispered unsoonly. His jaw tightened. Anything. <laughs> she nodded. She loved him with all her heart. His eyes closed. His arms brought her gently against him, and his mouth buried itself in her throat, pressing there, hot and hard, for a few aching seconds. Then he dragged her in a harsh breath, sat up, putting her back in her seat, and fastened her seatbelt. He didn't look at her as he fastened his own seat on 
belts. Started the truck. She sat beside him as he pulled out onto the highway. A little surprised that he didn't turn into the road that led to his house. She expected him to take her there. She smiled hard, remembering the way they pleasured each other on his big bed the night before, remembering the look of his powerful body without clothes. She flushed with anticipated delight. She was out of her mind. Her father was going to kill her. She looked at Leo with an ache that curled her toes up inside her shoes and didn't care if he did. Some things were worth dying for. Leo drove right into town and pulled into a parking spot in front of a drugstore. Right, she thought nervously he was going inside to buy protection for what they were going to do. He wanted a child, though, he said. She flushed as she got out of the truck and came around to open her door. He had to unfasten her seatbelt first. She didn't even have the presence of mind to accomplish that. He helped her out of the truck and looked down at her with an expression she couldn't decipher. He touched her cheek gently and then her hair and her soft mouth. His eyes were full of turmoil. He tugged her away from the truck and closed her door, leading her to the sidewalk with one small hand tightly held in his fingers. She started toward the drugstore. Wrong way, sweetheart, he said tenderly and led her right into a jewelry store. The clerk was talking to another clerk but he came forward smiling when they entered the shop may i help you find something he asked yes Lewis said something we want to look at wedding bands <laughs> janie felt all the blood drain out of her face and felt numb she hoped she wasn't going to pass out leah's hand tightened around her fingers and slowly linked them together as he positioned her in front of the case that held engagement rings and wedding rings the clerk took out the tray that leo indicated leo looked down at janie with quiet in her eyes you can have anything you want he said huskily, and it wasn't talking so Leah rings. She met his searching gaze with tears listening in her lashes. He bent kissed the wetness away. The clerk averted his eyes. It was like peering through a private window. Couldn't remember ever seeing such an expression on a man's face before. Look at the rings, Janie. Leo said gently. She managed to focus on him belatedly. She didn't care about flashy things like huge diamonds. She was a country girl for all her sophistication. Her eyes kept coming back to a set of rings that had a great leaf pattern. The wedding band was wide, yellow gold with a white gold rim. The pattern embossed on the gold surface. The matching engagement ring had a diamond and not a flashy one, and it contained the same great leaf pattern on its circumference. circumference. I like this one, she said, finally touching it. There was a matching masculine-looking wedding band. She looked up at Leo's smile. Do you want me to wear one, too? He teased her eyes. Her breathless was love. She couldn't manage where she only nodded. Turn the attention back to her. We'll take all three, he said. They'll need to be sized. Let me get my measuring rod. The clerk said with a big grin. The rings were expensive. Fourteen carat and the diamond was the highest quality the store sold. The commission was going to be tasty. It's too expensive. Jenny worried. Leo Ben kissed the tip of her nose. They're going to last a long time, he told her. They're not too expensive. She couldn't believe what was happening. She wanted to tell him so, but the clerk came back, and they were immediately involved in having their fingers sized and the paperwork filled out. Leo produced a gold card and paid for them, while Janie looked on, still shell-shocked. Leo held her hand tight when they were back to the truck. Next stop, City Hall. He murmured, rather, rather the fire station. They, they take the license applications with City Hall is closed. Forgot it was Saturday. He lifted both eyebrows out of his expression. Might as well get it all done in one day. Which reminds me, 
pulled out a cell phone to put her in the truck and phone the office of the doctor's Coltrane. While Janie listened, spellbound, he made an appointment for blood tests for that afternoon. The doctor's Coltrane at a Saturday clinic. He hung up the phone back into his pocket with a grin. Marriage license next, blood tests later, and about next Wednesday. Well, a nice and quiet small wedding followed by. Yet it was one hell of a long, passionate wedding night. She caught her breath at the passion in his eyes. Leo, are you sure? She wanted to know. He dragged her into his arms and kissed her so hungrily that a familiar couple walking past the truck actually stared amusedly at them a few seconds before her. on past. I'm sorry, baby. I can't wait any longer. He ground on out into her eager mouth. It's Mary sure I'm leaving the state. He lifted his head and his eyes were tortured. He could barely breathe. Oh God, I want you, Janie. She felt the tremor in his big body. She understood what he felt because it was the same with her. She drew in a slow breath. It was desire. She thought maybe there was some affection as well, but he was dying to have her and that was what prompted marriage plans. He said often enough that he was never going to get married. <laughs> He saw all those thoughts in her eyes, even through the most painful desire. He had her. I'll make you glad you said yes. He told her, I won't ever cheat on you or hurt you. I'll take care of you all my life. All of yours. It was enough. She thought. She took a chance. All right. Such an early. She reached up and touched his heart's warm mouth. I'll marry you. It was profound. Profound to hear her say it. He caught his breath to the raging arousal, the worst produced in his already tortured body. He groaned as he pressed his mouth hard into the palm of her hand. She wasn't confident enough to tease him about his desire for her, but it pleased her that he was at least freshly hungry for her in that way, if no other. He caught her close and fought for control. We better go and get a marriage license. You know, we've already given Evan and Anna Tremaine an eyeful. What? She asked drowsily. They were walking past when I kissed you, he said with a rueful smile. They've been married for years, he pointed out. He rubbed his nose against her. Wait until we've been married for years, he whispered. We'll still be fogging up windows and park trucks. Think so? She asked, smiling. Wait and see. He let go of her. With an obvious reluctance and moved back under the scene. Well, here we go. <laughs> They applied for the marriage license, had a blood test, and they went to round up their families to tell them the news. Janie's Aunt Linda had gone to Europe over the holidays on an improv sightseeing trip. Fred Brewster told them when they gave him the news. She'll be livid if she misses the wedding. He said worriedly, she can be here for the first christening. Leo said with a grin at Janie's blush. You can bring Hetty with you and come over to the ranch for supper tomorrow night, he added. Mused at Fred's lack of surprise at the announcement. I've invited my brothers to supper and phoned Barbara to have it catered. I wanted to break the news to all of them at once. Hetty won't be surprised, Fred told them tongue-in-cheek, but she'll enjoy a night out. We'll be along about six. Fine. Leo said and didn't offer to leave Janie at home. Waited until she changed into a royal blue pantsuit with a beige top. He carried her with him to the ranch. He did chores and paperwork with Janie right beside him along, although he didn't touch her. A man only has so much self-control. He told her with a wistful sigh. So we'll keep our hands off each other until the wedding. Fair enough. She grinned at it. Fair enough. <laughs> Took her home after they had supper at a local restaurant. I'd love to have taken you up to Houston for a night on the town, he said when he walked through her door. But not with your face like that. Here in Jacobsville, everybody already knows what happened out at Chase last night. In Houston, people might think I did this or allowed it to happen. He went and kissed the painful bruise.
Nobody will ever hurt you again as long as I live. He swore huskily. She closed her eyes, savoring the soft touch of his mouth. Are you sure you want to marry me? She asked. I'm sure. I'll be along about 10.30. He added. She looked up at a puzzle. 10.30? He not a church. He said with a wicked grin. We have to set a good example for the kids. She laughed to let it. Okay. See you in the morning. See you in the morning, pretty girl. He said and brushed his mouth lightly over her before he bounded back down the steps to his car. Drove off with a wave of his hand. Fred was amazed that Leo did take her to church and then came back to the house with her for lunch of cold cuts. He and Fred talked cattle while Janie lounged at Leo's side, still astonished at the unexpected turn of events. Fred couldn't be happier about the upcoming nuptials. He was amused that Hetty had the weekend off and didn't know what had happened. She had a shock to come in when she arrived later in the day. Leo took Janie with him when he went home, approving her choice of a silky beige dress and matching high heels, pearls in her ears and around her throat. In her long hair and luxurious hair, long and luxurious down her back. Your brothers will be surprised, Janie said worriedly on the way there. Leo lifted an eyebrow after the Christmas, after the cattleman's ball. Probably not, he said. Then he told her about Corgi and offering to drive him home just so he could bump the for information to report back to the others. You were very intoxicated, she recalled, embarrassed when she recalled the fierce argument they had. I just found out that Marlene had lied about you, you confronted. And seeing you with damn Harley didn't help. <laughs> you were jealous, she realized. Murderous, really jealous, he confessed the ones. That only got worse when you took the, the job at Chase. He glanced at her. I'm not having you work there any longer. I don't care what compromises I have to make to get you to agree. <laughs> she smiled to herself. Oh, I don't mind quitting, she confessed. I'll have enough to do at the ranch after we're married. Getting settled in. Let's try not to talk about that right now, okay? She stared at him wearing Are you getting cold feet? Yes. I'll tell you what I'm getting. He said, turning dark eyes her. And he did tell her bluntly and starkly. He nodded courtly at her scholarly flush and directed his attention back to the road. Just for the record, the word marriage reminds me of the word wedding night. And I go nuts. She whistled softly. So, let's talk about food and coffee, my brothers, and try not to start something noticeable. He added in a deep tone, because all three of them are going to be looking for obvious signs, and they'll laugh the place down if they see any. We can recite multiple tables together, she agreed. He glanced at her with narrow eyes. Great idea. He replied sarcastically. That reminds me of rabbits. And guess what rabbits remind me of? I know the Gettysburg address by heart, she countered. I'll teach it to you. That will put me to sleep. I'll make biscuits for supper. Sat up straight. Biscuits for supper to go with Barbara's nice barbecue potato salad and apple pie. Now that's an idea that just made my mouth water. Here I'm poking along. He pushed down on the accelerator. Honey, he just said the magic word. She chuckled to herself. Marriage, she thought, was going to be a real adventure. End of chapter 10.